0: Welcome to the Oceans Church podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged, and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. If you're here, then this is your sign that God is chasing you down, that He loves you, that He's never given up on you. Other people might have, but God has never given up on you. And so it's so great that you're here with us here tonight. And, um, and all the mums in the house. Can I tell you, we just so honour you. I'm married to a mum. I've had a mum. <laughs> and let me tell you, mums are phenomenal. They sacrifice, they love. You know that unconditional love that you get? That no matter what you do, nothing can take the love of a mum away. Dad sometimes, like, yeah, mate, No. But mum, the love of a mum is so safe and secure. So we just want to honour mums and also just take a moment to rem- remember those that might not have their mums with us. My mum isn't with us, she is in heaven. And so if you're missing your mum on Mother's Day, we just want to say that we're, we grieve with you, but we celebrate the gift and the life that your mum was to you as well. And so we love our mums in this place. And I'm excited because I have not got a Mother's Day message for you. <clears throat> I don't. A usual Mother's Day message might be like, I don't know what it is, but it's something. But this isn't that. Whatever that is. And so, because we finished a series that we've been having, which is called, which was called it ran for about six weeks, saying, Who is the real Jesus? There's lots of fake Jesuses out there and ideas as to what God's really like. And so what we did is we just broke down the preconceived ideas and the fake Jesus to expose what is God actually like. So it was a great series. We had some great preachers, Kels and Dan and Jaden and Ash and me. And um, and, and, um, and it was such such a great series. But now we're not in a series. The next two weeks, we're just going to be sharing something that we feel that God has put in our heart, that, that God wants to speak right now to us who are here in this room. And I really believe it's relevant for all of us. It's relevant for you. If you've been at Ocean's for ages, whether it's your first time here, even if you don't know God yet, this is God's message for you as well. And at the end of the service, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer where you can begin a relationship with God. If you haven't yet begun the greatest relationship, where it will transform your life from the inside out forever, Um, just like Lisa was describing before, which is great. But I'm going to begin by praying. and, And I just want to encourage you to pray with me. Maybe you haven't prayed. Maybe you haven't prayed for a while. Um, Or maybe pray every day, but but you know what? You might you might listen, you might hear me speaking, but can I encourage you to be listening to what God is speaking through me? I might be speaking, but listen, God, what are you saying to me? Because God wants to speak right into your heart tonight. Excuse me, I might need the bottle of water as backup. Thanks so much, Kobe. Get up for Kobe. Thanks, Kobe. Awesome. So good. Alright, right, I'm going to start by praying. Would you join me as I pray as well? God, I thank you so much that you're here with us, God. And God, we just love you, Lord. We thank you that you're so full of love, compassion, mercy, love, destiny for every single person here. And so tonight, God, although I'm speaking, God, we open up our heart and our ears to hear what you're going to be speaking. And so God, we just invite your anointing, we invite Your presence and Your power to come, and do what only You can do to transform us from the inside out. We pray in Jesus' name. Are we all said, Amen. "Amen." Give it up for the best keyboardist ever, Pastor Jaden Hall, the man of many talents. <clears throat> um, well. I don't know if maybe some parents relate to this situation here um, or if you've had kids growing up, but every time I go for a swim down the beach with my kids, I find that I spend 90% of my time as a traffic conductor. See, I'm in the water and usually there's some kind of drift in the beach, right? Especially down in Albany where we live or, or Scarborough, there's always this drift in the water pulling your kids away from you. And so I'm there spending 90% of my time, kids, get back in the lion! Get back straight where my feet, hands pointing, all right, get back! And I'm consistently trying to prevent from them from drifting in the tide right away, kilometers down the beach, out of sight, so they're drowned, because I do want to bring them back alive to Jess at home if I still want to remain married. And so I find most of my time is like pointing them back. To the very beginning, I'm fighting, what? Does any parents out there, any parents relate? Okay, is it just me? All right, You let your kids drown, do you? Okay, well. You know, this kind of represents what our life can be like as followers of Jesus. Maybe just in life in general. Because sometimes you feel like your whole life just keeps on drifting. Keeps on drifting away, maybe from God. You're fighting against an overwhelming current of temptation and, and and desire and drawing from the world to go in a certain way. You find yourself fighting against the current of temptation and culture and there's so much pressure to conform, to be like everyone else and sometimes it feels like it takes so much effort. You just you know when you're just out there, all you want to do is stand in the water, and the tide's so strong, and you just find, man, why am I so tired? You're like, I'm just fighting this current. Sometimes you can feel like that in life, especially when you're trying to follow Jesus. And sometimes you might conclude, it's just, you know what? It's just going to be easier just to drift along. And I remember a few weeks heading down to the beach with our kids, and there was a strong tide, and I said, kids, we are not, we're not fighting this one, we're going to drift along. So we just jumped in the water, and we just, we just floated in the shore and drifted all the way down from a place called Surfers to Middleton Beach in Albany. Then we had to get out and walk all the way back, but it was fun drifting. You know, sometimes we think that, you know what, it might just be easier if I just stopped fighting and just went drifting. Maybe anyone feel like that. Maybe actually realize, huh, I've been drifting my whole life without even realizing it. Just going, I've just been going along with the tide, what the rest of the world does. I'm just a drifter. Maybe some of you have considered drifting. Maybe you're on the verge of drifting. Maybe you have decided that's it, I am drifting. Maybe you've actually been distracted and you've drifted. You know when you're swimming or surfing and you get distracted? And you're like, ah, oh, I've drifted. Well, tonight, what God wants to say is come on, God is saying, come back, come back, come back everyone, come back from drifting, come back, come back to God. And so tonight, what God wants to say is this is a line in the sand moment, a line in the sand moment, deciding that we will not drift, we will not give in, we will not be the same as everyone Else, because tonight God is calling us to be different. Everyone say, Be different. Be different. Say it again. Be different. Be different. <clears throat> Did you notice how you're just the same? No. <laughs> it's like, that's ironic. There we go. Forget this, see, right? God wants you and I to make a difference, right? But if you want to make a difference, you've got to be different. Exactly. If you want to make a difference, you have got to be willing to be different. See, God wants to make a difference through your life and the lives of those that are around you. God wants to make a difference in our world through Ocean's Church. Wherever we go, God wants to make a difference. See, we're not just playing church, right? If you're in this church, we're not just a religious service, See, I don't want to freak you out too much, but there is something called the devil. There is something called demons in the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible says that the devil's plans are to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is the enemy's intent. But Jesus said, but I've come not to do that, but to bring you life. So we as a church aren't about playing religious games. We are literally going after the kingdom of darkness wanting to rescue people from depression, rescue people from isolation, rescue people from being cut off from God, and say, come on, there is a better way. You can have hope in Jesus. And this is why we hear phenomenal, encouraging, inspiring stories like Liv and Lisa's. And let me tell you, God wants you and I to make a difference. And he, God wants to raise up generations that aren't indifferent, but that want to be different. He's, God is looking for those who are willing to be different, To make a difference. That's who God is looking for tonight. And so we're going to be having a look at one man who was different from the Bible and look at how he made a difference. So we're going to be having a look at the life of Daniel. So Daniel was a man who lived in the land of Babylonia 2,500 years ago. What can we learn from someone that lived 2,500 years ago? Well, let me tell you. As recorded in the Bible, ironically, in the book of Daniel. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Bit of um, interesting tonight. And so so Daniel, right, he was an Israelite. He was he, in his homeland called Israel. And the land of the kingdom of the Babylonians came and they took captives, the entire nation of Israel, and they took them as exiles from their homeland. They took them essentially as slaves back. To the land of Babylon. And Daniel was one of the men that would take him back as captives. But Daniel was was seen by some of the officials, Daniel and his friends, as being standouts. There's something different about Daniel. And so, what the king wanted to do is get this collection of men together, and he wanted to get these standout men and put them through training about all the local Babylonian customs and learn the ways of the king and get used to their food and learn their language and all that kind of stuff and train them up so that they could serve the king in the temple now the land of Babylon is much like the world that we live in now see the land of Babylon essentially was anti-god anti-god they were prideful they didn't need God what what they did the land of Babylon, the land of Babylon decided that essentially everything that was right is now wrong. Everything that is wrong is now right, is celebrated as right. Essentially it was an anti-God culture and this is the land that we live in now. We, land, we live in our own land of Babylon where what used to be considered right is now wrong. What was wrong in the eyes of God is now considered right and celebrated. This is right. And so we live in our own land of Babylon. And so Daniel and his friends grew in influence within this land as captives. And so um, what happened is he grew and grew as, as influence. But the local Babylonians that were friends of the king and serving in his temple, they'd been there for, you know, 30 years and they'd been like angling for their promotions. And I want to get as close to the king and I want to get a higher position. All of a sudden, this newbie, Dan, and his mates came through, foreigners. And they started to climb the ranks, surpassing them. So these guys got jealous. They're like, what the heck? And they had a bit of a huddle. How are we going to get rid of this guy? How are we going to take him out? And then I do not know how they come up with this plan. But they were like, all right, let's stalk Daniel's Facebook page. Let's see if there's any mud we can draw out from the past on him. And let's stalk his Instagram. Let's visit his friends. Let's And they found no dirt could... Stick on him at all Because he had Exemplary character He was a man Above reproach And they're like Man how are we going To get him like, Oh, one goes, like, He prays three times a day He loves his God like, Okay 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 I okay, know okay. Oh, We'll make a law We'll make a law And we'll trap him So they went to the king King Darius And they said Hey king like, Yes You're amazing He's like Yes I know <laughs> Well we've got a law That people should only pray To you For a certain period of time He's like That sounds good He's like, what's the consequence if they disobey this law? They're like, um, I'm thinking, you know, $200, beating fine. They're like, throw them into the den of lions to get eaten and devoured. King's like, fair enough. That's the law. And so this law gets passed back to Daniel. And to Daniel, he reads between the lines. He's like, evidently, I know they are after me. So Daniel has a choice. Either he can just lay low. He can just go, do you know what, I'm going to lift my hand, my feet off the sand and I'm just going to drift along with everyone else. I'm not going to pray to God. I don't even have to pray to King Darius. I just won't pray to God. I'll just play it safe. I won't poke my head out. I won't be different. I won't be like a crazy Christian. All i am going to do is just be casual in the background like that. But Daniel was like, heck no. I love my God. I'm going to continue to seek God because I value my love for God more than even my own life. And so he continued to seek God morning and noon and night. He continued to pray. So he was arrested, brought to the king, and the king was Devo because he had a bit of a bromance with Daniel. And so the but but these guys are like, it's the law. You said, king. He's like, okay, feed him to the lions. And so they fed him to the lions, and then the next morning the king went to the lion's den that maybe hope against all hope, somehow Daniel had survived. And so they opened up their den, they see Daniel there, and there is Daniel uneaten. He looked like all of you, uneaten. And so there is Daniel alive, the lions were tamed, the mouths were closed because God shut the mouth of the lions and didn't let Daniel be eaten and so the king went into he had a temper this king this temp, I think this king would have had some medical conditions but he was like that's it so he got all the other men who came up with the law he threw them and their families and their children this wasn't God this is Darius into the den of hungry lions and they all got eaten up for dinner I know big gruesome in the Bible big graphic And then what the king did is he sent a letter to the entire reign of his rule, which was most of the known world at that time, and he wrote a letter that essentially said, let me tell you about, not me, but Daniel's God, who set him free, the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, I want you to know about him, the whole world came to know about the love of God, and then after that, after that, Daniel himself became the Catalyst for the entire nation that was living in exile after 70 years to return home to the homeland, and Daniel is a catalyst. Now, imagine if Daniel chose not to be different. Imagine if he chose just to put his head down and just drift with the tide. The whole world wouldn't have received that letter. Would have known about God, and who knows, Daniel wouldn't have become the catalyst to see the entire nation returned to Israel but Daniel chose to be different and let me tell you his difference was his interference his difference interfered with what the enemy wanted to happen and so tonight God is speaking to some of you see Daniel's one decision to be different impacted generations thousands of people many of whom he would never have met, thousands and millions of people were impacted by his one decision, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to drift along with the tide. I'm not going to be like everyone else because it's easier to do. Let me tell you, how many people's lives are you going to impact? Your family, your generations, your friends, your this church, many people that you have not even met yet before. If you choose to be different. I'm not going along with the tide tonight. Your kids, your future, those that you don't yet know. See, what can happen sometimes, you can drift so far that you forget who you are or you forget where you've come from. I don't know if you've been at a beach, which isn't a local beach, where there's no real landmarks there, and you can drift so far you're like, man, where's my spot again? Was it that path, that path, or that path? And you walk up and you're like, did I go past it? I'm sure it's this one back here. And you just, you just lost. Sometimes we can, we can drift and we can forget actually who we are. We go to find our way back, but we forget. And what happens is the devil loves to fill in the blanks. You forget who you are? I'll tell you who you are. I'll tell you where you come from. And this is what he did to Daniel. See, Daniel came to this foreign nation. What they wanted to do as soon as they arrived is they wanted to erase Daniel. They changed his name. You're no longer Daniel. You are dead. This is your name now. You know what? You're no longer eating this food. This is the language you're speaking. This is who you're going to be. Daniel is erased. They wanted him to forget his name. This is exactly what happened to Daniel. They tried to give him a different identity. But you know what? You can change as much as you like about the exterior, but nothing can change the interior. See, Daniel remembered who he was. He remembered where he was from. He remembered where he started. He never forgot where he was from and who he belonged to. I am an Israelite. I follow the Lord God Almighty. I am from my homeland. I'm a Hebrew. I'm God's chosen people. He never forgot who he was. And you know what? We can also forget our names. See, one of the first things the devil will do to you when you're younger is aim to give you different names. Aim to give you different labels. I'll explain in a second. Even from a young age, he's going to try and manipulate you and convince you about all kinds of things about yourself that aren't true. For example, one of the names that I got given by the devil was rejected. Rejected. See, I was rejected by significant people in my life. And the devil said, well, you you are rejected. You are rejected. Rejected. So when you believe something about yourself, you begin to behave like that. So I'm going to reject myself from people before they reject me. But then I discovered what my real name is. And God says, you're not rejected because through Jesus you are accepted. And I'm like, yeah, I'm accepted. Yeah, I am. You know, I used to look in the mirror and actually say to myself, I hate you. It's weird to think now. But I really love myself now. No. No. <laughs> but but, I, but I, forget. I was like, yeah, I'm accept- thank you. You accept me. I accept me. I like- and it meant that I can love other people as well. I can accept other people. That was a name that I've been given. But you know the other night for Alpha, my name was written on there and I had to <laughs> get that tag off. Some of us need to actually rip a few name tags off ourselves that the devil has given to us. Maybe he's given you unloved. You you've been unloved, so therefore you are unlovable. You are unloved. And what you do is you can treat yourself as someone who's unlovable with a lack of love and respect and allow other people to treat you that way as well. I'm unlovable. That's who I am. But God says, no, you are not unlovable. You are loved. You are precious in my sight. Some of us, Think that we are dirty and worthless. Maybe we have gotten ourselves into dirty situations and therefore we consider ourselves not worthy. We consider ourselves and we, we treat ourselves dirty and worthless and other people accordingly because we believe it's who we are. But God says, no, you have infinite worth. Some of us think we're too far gone. I've drifted too far from God. I'm too far gone. That's who I am. But God says, no, come back. No one is ever too far from me. And so Daniel remembered who he was, and let me tell you, God knows your real name. He knows your real name, He loves you, He's created you. and let me tell you there's so many names in the Bible that God wants to give you that you can adopt on your own. And this is just one of them. One Peter chapter two, verse nine. It says this: "But you are a chosen people. God chooses you." And you know the other week, Kelsey, Pastor Kelsey shared about how she felt like she was God's second choice or last choice. But she said, you know what? I realised God chose me first. God chose you. He hasn't overlooked you, but He chooses you. You might have been someone else's last choice, second choice, overlooked, but God chooses you. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are royal. You are of royalty. You're a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's very own special possession. Can I tell you, God loves you so much. You are so precious to him. You know, the other day, my kids and I drove past a garage sale. And as a garage sale, you just give the leftovers, don't you? You put on sale for cheap. The leftovers. Sometimes that's what the devil wants to convince about you. You're just cheap leftovers that people want to get rid of. Or, but, but you know what, what Jesus does? He walks into that garage sale. You might be labelled 50, 50 cents right there. But Jesus walks in and says, I give everything I have for this person. That's literally what Jesus did. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus died for you. He gave his life for you. He walked in the garage, so he's like, out of my way. I'm making sure I'm paying the highest price. You are my special possession. I ain't letting anyone get a hold of you. I'll pay the most. Come on. I trump, bang, everything. You are my special possession, and I've given everything for you. You are of infinite value in God's sight. He loves you so much that you may proclaim and show forth the goodness of God, that he called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. And this is what God has done for us. And so first I want to encourage us. Firstly, we've got to remember our name. We've got to remember who we are when we are in Babylon. When you remember, get this, and when you remember who you are, you start to get given the courage to be different. Yeah, I know who I am, therefore. I know... Who I am, therefore I know what to do. I know who I am, therefore I know what to do. See, Daniel was told, you need to conform and behave this way. But Daniel remembered, hold on, I honour God. I follow God. So therefore I know what to do. I'm not touching that food that was offered to him, this unclean food. He knew what to do his mates, when they were told to bow down to the statue that the king made in his own image, where he wanted everyone to bow down, and if you don't, you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. These guys have temper problems, let me tell you, and big, massive egos, poor wives. And so, it's like everyone bow down to me, unless you go, and if you don't, you're thrown into the fiery furnace. Three guys didn't. Daniel's mates, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know who we are. So we know what to do. We're not bowing down, even if it costs us our life. And they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And guess what? God was with them and they came out without even smelling like smoke. Come on. And so let me tell you, let us be willing to be different. I know who I am. Therefore, I know what to do. I'm going to be different. And who are you? I want to focus on one word from this verse. It says, you are a holy nation. A holy nation. Now, what does holy mean? When you hear the word holy, all of us go, Ooh, "Holy! Wow, that's that's different. That word, and that's exactly what it means." See, the Greek word for holy, hagios, means this. It's the fundamental core meaning of hagios is different. Is different. Set apart by or for God. Holy and sacred. Hagios means likeness of nature with the Lord because different from the world. See, the word holy means different, set apart. And let me tell you, God is holy because he is unlike any created being. God sets himself completely apart from every other created thing. He is different. He is pure. He is all-loving. He is always kind. He's just. He never does wrong. He loves so completely and unconditionally. He is all-powerful. He is mighty. He holds the universe in His hands. No human, even comes galaxies, infinitely, never reaches God. God is holy. He is different. But get this. Next verse, 1 Peter 1, verse 15 to 16. Ready? It says, But now, you must be holy in everything that you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. You've got to be different because I am different. If you wear my label, if you wear my Jesus Guernsey, if you belong to me, we're going to be different. We're not going with the other crew. We are different. Can I tell you, our family, our Williams family is a bit different. <laughs> not like, you, you, might, you might think like, yeah, they're different. <laughs> yeah, they're different. <laughs> but we're, we're different in, in a kind of way. For example, I'll give you an example. In our family, one of the worst swear words you can say, up there with the F word, even slightly higher, in our family are the words, not fair. Don't tell my kids i said that out loud. Our kids know if they say, not fair, and you never hear it from them, it's serious. And so, <laughs> so when we're out public and they hear other kids say, not fair, they look at each other, and then they look to me. <laughs> but I say, you know what, guys? It's all good. We're different. We're not better. We're just different. That that, that family, that's that's them. It's all good, but we, we're different. We we belong to a different family, and you know what? We belong to the family of God. And I know that we're different in a certain way. Where some people think we're crazy, maybe some of you are like, "Yeah, you're different." (laughs) We get that. But God has called us to be different, not to copy. That we can wear the same clothes. We are different from the world. We are holy. None of us are perfect, but we're holy. We're called to be different, not to go downstream. But get this. Can I tell you, this this is a difference, right? Like the Bible says you are holy. It doesn't say try to be holy. If you, if you try good enough, you're going to be holy one day, you make it, then you get a little holy sticker. I'm holy. I've made it. God says when you are in relationship with God, You're holy because you belong to his family. You're different. Now that you are holy, now that I know who I am, I know what to do. I need to be holy. I need to act holy. It's like this. If you have a caterpillar, if you have a caterpillar or um, what are those bugs starting with M and they, moths or mulberry? There's another one. Anyway, okay, I'm getting that one. Um, a, A caterpillar goes into its cocoon, right? And then it transforms and metamorphosizes into a butterfly, okay? A caterpillar can only do what caterpillars do and crawl on the ground. They can't fly. They're big and flat and juicy. And so they get into their cocoon. They go through a transformation process and they come out as a butterfly and they're ready to fly. Now, that butterfly is a butterfly. It can act as much as it likes as a caterpillar, but it will be a butterfly. Now, we as Christians, before knowing God, are like caterpillars. <laughs> but we go through this transformation process where we no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness, but we belong into God's family. We're adopted into God's family. We become sons and daughters of the most high God. We have a father who loves us. We're born again and transformed. And we come out the other end like butterflies. I want you to show me your wings, everyone. Just flap around a little bit. There we go. Okay. Now we can choose to live like caterpillars still, right? We can crawl along the ground and act like caterpillars as much as... Does it mean that you're no longer a butterfly? No. I'll answer that one for you. No, it doesn't. But what God says is, you're a butterfly, so fly like a butterfly. Act like a butterfly. Why are you even crawling around like a caterpillar? You're meant to be... What the Bible says is, you are different, so be different. Start acting different. Stop copying the world. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, first 11 chapters of the book called Romans, it, it's just jam-packed with telling us about the love of God, about God's mercy, His grace, His forgiveness. You're adopted into His family. Thank you, God. You're chosen. Oh, yes, I'm in the family of God. God loves me. So now God's like, great. Well, I've given you that much grace now how can you worship me in view of God's mercy I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship and that get this don't conform to the behavior and the customs of this world don't don't conform don't be a caterpillar be a butterfly don't go along with the drift of what the whole world is doing. But be, what does it say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That same Greek word for transformed is the same Greek root word that you use to describe that metamorphosis process that a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. You are transformed into a new person. When you change your thinking, not to be told what to think by media and the rest of the world, just want to just shove it down your throat. You need to think this way. But God says, no, stop thinking like that and start thinking my thoughts that you find in the Bible that will set you free. You're going to be transformed, metamorphosized into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you're going to go know God's will for you. He's good. He's pleasing. He's perfect will know who you are, be different because you are different. And I'm just going to read a few quick scriptures out to us. Get this, okay, block your ears now, okay? All right, block your ears now. All right, this is a bit confronting. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24, it says this, With the Lord's authority, I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. What way is up or down? What's right or wrong? Their minds are full of darkness, They wonder... Far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They've got no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learn about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw it off. Throw off your old sinful nature. Has anyone got any old clothes that you throw out? Does anyone ever now and then do a bit of a wardrobe clean? I haven't worn those in a long time. I no longer need to wear them. And you throw them out. Sometimes in our Christian life, life, we need to go through our clothes. What are we doing? What clothes are we wearing? I need to throw out some clothes. I'm not wearing these clothes anymore. We need to get some new ones. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. On. Put on your new nature. Wear your new clothes. Wear your new shoes. I got these for a massive sale the other day. They're very there, aren't they? <laughs> Instead, said, Put on your new nature. Thanks. Created to be like God, truly righteous and different. Righteous and holy. Another one. Um, <laughs> 1 Peter 4, 1 to 5. You had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality, their lust, their feasting and drunkenness, wild parties, the terrible worship of idols. Worship of idol just means you put anything above God. Anything you put above God is idol worship. Sport, kids, your own kids, your own partner. Anything above God is worship, is idol worship. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer longer plunge. Don't you love that word? Plunge. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. Come on, man. What are you doing? It's so much easier. Just drift. Come on. It's fun. It's good. It's easy. You religious nutter. Why don't you just come with us downstream? But Remember, they have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. In other words, be different, don't live for the moment, live for eternity. Be different. Don't live for tonight, don't live for today, don't live for just next week, this month right now, live for eternity. Be different. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, 5 to 7. This is the last one you can breathe easy after this. God's will for you, his desire for you, is to be different, is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion, like the old school word, pagans. Like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. God has called us to live holy lives. Not impure lives. In other words, get this: don't be controlled. Have self-control. You know, you know what the world thinks freedom is. I am just going to be controlled by my feelings. Whatever I feel like, I'm going to do. People think that is freedom. It's actually slavery to your feelings. It's being enslaved by your flesh, by your desires. That's slavery. But, but true freedom is to have self-control. I control myself by submitting to the Spirit of God. I don't live as a slave under the dictates of my flesh or what other people say I need to do. I live free. So can I encourage you tonight? Remember who you are. You are different, so act differently. And thirdly, lastly, I want to encourage us in this, in the life of Daniel. See, what was it about Daniel... That enabled him to make a difference. Not only did he remember who he was, not only did he decide, you know what, I am holy. I'm different, so I'm gonna actually be different. But get this: Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. This is this is crazy. It says this: Daniel distinguished himself. Wouldn't you like to distinguish yourself? Daniel distinguished himself. Above okay, our kids at assembly, they got honor certificates and they are distinguished. They had their moment in time. But Daniel distinguished himself above all the other administrators and high officers because an excellent spirit was in him. And get this. And it says almost like a little fine print. And the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Whoa. Because of Daniel's excellent spirit, the king decided, I'm gonna make you the top dog under me over the whole empire. It wasn't necessary education, it wasn't how smart he was, how looked. he had an excellent spirit. What does an excellent spirit mean? If you look at the Hebrew word for excellent, it means this: a preeminent surpassing spirit, a different spirit. Daniel had a different spirit, and this is what gave him the distinction. You know what? You and I also have a different spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. A different spirit that lives in us, that isn't of the world. You and I have been given a gift from God. When you belong to God, He fills you with a different spirit, with the Holy Spirit, with His power. The different spirit. What is the different spirit? Colossians 1.17 Christ lives in you. You don't have to go to church, you don't have to go to a temple, you don't have to talk to religious people. Christ lives in you. You can know God yourself. 1 John 4, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Right now, if you have been intimidated by people around you, can I tell you, if you've got the spirit of God in you, that is way bigger and way mightier than the little puny spirits that they carry. You can walk in humility, but in boldness and courage knowing you've got God in you. You've got a different spirit that lives in you. And finally, Galatians 5 verse 16. So I say, let the different spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your simple nature craves, but the Holy Spirit, the different spirit produces this kind of fruit, this kind of stuff in our lives. Love, that's different. Joy, that's different. Half the world is so depressed. But God wants to put a different spirit of joy in you. Joy, peace, patience. Well, that's a different spirit. Patience. Does anyone know what that word means? I'm just trying to find, I'm trying to look that one up. Patience. Can't look it up fast enough, unfortunately. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self- so self-, self, self. I have to look that word up as well. Self-control. Let me tell you, you you're gonna be different if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead your life, you are going to be different and you will make a difference in your world if you're willing to be different, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So wherever wherever you are in Babylon right now, this world, God's called you to have an excellent spirit, to be different, to not go down with the tide, but you are going to be different. See, Jesus came as the great disruptor. He disrupted it. The Bible says Jesus is the light of the world. Do you know what happens when you turn the light on? It disrupts darkness. Darkness is out of there. Jesus calls you the light of the world and you are disrupting. You're interfering with darkness. You are mucking up the enemy's plans because you've got a different spirit in you. You have the light of the world living in you and wherever you go, you bring the presence of God. You make a difference. You're interfering with the plans that the enemy has because you are different in this world. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.